Reading is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Well, after, after that build-up, the, uh, the long and boring sermon, I'm uh, ready to oblige. So, uh, right, get my own back on, Joe. How long do we want? Sort of 45 minutes, 50 minutes? Maybe a bit longer? Let's pray that uh, God will indeed speak to us. Thank you, Lord God, for your word, this uh, very familiar piece of scripture. Thank you that you speak through it today, just as you did when it was first used as a, a song or a poem all those years ago. And we pray, Lord God, that we might hear your voice this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder uh, what it might be like to be a shepherd. Anyone here been a shepherd or is a shepherd? I was reading an excerpt from uh, a book by James Rebanks. It's called The Shepherd's Life. It was published about four years ago. And uh, it's about his life as a shepherd in the Lake District. And as I started reading this excerpt, to be honest, I was a little bit cynical. I was thinking that, um, you know, it's got to be so much easier today to be a shepherd. So much easier than it was back in Bible times. Back then, the, the shepherd would live and sleep and breathe and eat and drink alongside their sheep. At night, they'd lie across the gate to the sheep pen to protect their sheep against the hungry wolves. Surely it's a bit of a soft touch today. You just turn up in your Land Rover or four by four, do your stuff for a few hours, and then it's back home to the cozy farmhouse with all the mod cons, the warm bed, and the log fire. And then you just switch off, you pour yourself a drink, and watch Match of the Day. But as I read uh, a few pages of this book, and that is uh, James Rubanks and some of his sheep in the images, I realized that modern day shepherding is anything but easy, but it continues to be. A job that entails long and unsociable hours in all weathers, often across hostile terrain, and in lambing season in particular, is particularly demanding, both physically and emotionally. And in this excerpt, I read of desperate attempts to keep newborn lambs alive, the sadness of finding stillborns, the incredible lengths that he and his wife would go to to look after the sheep entrusted to their care, taking them home, drying them with towels in their own bathroom, feeding them through tubes to keep them alive. It was certainly no easy life being a shepherd even today. 
Well, I wonder what it's like being a sheep. Do you ever wonder that? Thought not. Well, it's not a bad life when the sun is shining, when the grass is green and the views across the mountains are spectacular. But it's got to be a pretty harsh existence in the depths of winter when it's blowing a gale and the sleet is driving across the fields. On a good day, maybe quite self-contained, not a care in the world, but on others totally dependent on the care of the shepherd. King David, who wrote this psalm, Psalm 23, started out as a shepherd on the hills around Bethlehem. And he was a pretty good one at that. On many occasions, he fought off lions and bears to protect the lambs. And we know he was rather effective with a sling, slingshot as well. You see that in the story of David and Goliath. He could look after himself, he could look after others, he could look after his sheep, and he rose to a position of king. Bit of a career move, that one. And it's King David who writes, the Lord is my shepherd. He knew exactly what the role of a shepherd was. He lived it. He knew all of its demands and challenges. And it seemed to him like a perfect analogy as he experienced God's loving care for him. Several hundred years later, Jesus would claim David's words for himself as he boldly proclaimed, I am the good shepherd. We read that in John's Gospel, chapter 10. And David in the psalm and Jesus later unpacked their claims to help their hearers grasp what they meant. So let's just think about just a few of the words or the concepts that are here in the psalm. Probably the most familiar of all the 150 psalms in the Hebrew songbook. We see that the shepherd is one who provides. The shepherd is one who ensures there's plenty of food and water for the sheep when the fields are covered with snow or, in those days, in that place, more likely parched by the hot sun. The shepherds, shepherds are ones who lead, leading sheep to the best pasture, to places of safety. A shepherd refreshes, ensuring the sheep's good health and medical attention. In poor weather, ensuring the sheep are safely locked in their pens at night. The shepherd acts as a guide. Sheep are pretty dumb animals. Sorry for any sheep lovers out there. We know they'll just follow after one another in any particular direction. They need direction to those safe places. The shepherds provide that. A shepherd comforts, maybe comforting the sheep who's lost a lamb or is in need of help. The shepherd sustains with sacrificial care. And God is the one best place to do that for us. He is the one with a heart for all of these things for his children, us, his sheep. We're like dumb sheep. We easily get ourselves into scrapes. We follow other human beings into harmful places. We make bad choices and we need rescuing. And God continues to be in the business of providing, of leading, of refreshing, of guiding, of comforting and sustaining. A friend of mine acts as a guide runner. This is a picture of Andy. He's, uh, he volunteers on our team at the youth camps at New Year. He helps in the kitchen. And he acts as a guide runner for park runs on a Saturday morning, those uh, five-kilometer runs you can do in different parts of the country and different parts of the world, and occasionally for half marathons and uh, marathons. 
and he gets linked up to a partially sighted or an unsighted runner and guides them around the course. He talks to them, he lets them know what's ahead, what's around them, the conditions underfoot, and any obstacles that might be in their path. And he does uh, an amazing job with this. He really enjoys it, and those runners he guides really benefit from his care and attention. In his role, he acts as a guide, as a lead, as a provider. But at the end of his run, at the end of that race morning, his role finishes and he leaves the runner to their own devices again. He's only there for a short duration. In contrast to that, we have a God who is with us for life. And if we let him, he will provide and lead and refresh and guide and comfort and sustain, just as the shepherd does for his sheep in all situations. It's really exciting, isn't it, that uh, Laura and Phil, Tom and Liz have brought Ewan and Emily for baptism this morning. And as parents, they'll do a fair bit of the guiding, the leading, sustaining, the refreshing. It's the sort of thing that comes with the territory as parents. But what they're saying today is that they want their children to come under the guidance and the rule of the Good Shepherd. Buy green pastures and quiet waters. When things are going well, everything in the garden is rosy, but also in the darkest valley. David writes of that dark valley of the shadow of death even. And we know in reality that life is a mix of all of these things. There are times of green pastures, of quiet waters. But there are also times of dark valleys, when people let us down, when circumstances seem to conspire against us, when we lose a loved one or we experience ill health ourselves. But David's experience tells him, and Jesus promises, that with God we are never alone and we are always loved. Verse 6, very last verse in this, um, in this psalm. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I've been seeking to follow the Good Shepherd for roughly the last 36 years so far. Some of you here have been seeking to do so for a lot longer than that. During that time, experienced in different ways, God's provision, God's leading, God's guiding, God's refreshment, his comfort, his sustenance. Through the good times and through some pretty rough times. Like David, I can confidently proclaim, the Lord is my shepherd. And our prayer is that that might be the same for Ewan and for Emily. The second half of the verse, though, takes it further. It's not just a fact that God's goodness and love will follow us all the days of our life on earth. David continues, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The shepherd analogy is a good one, but it has its flaws. As we all know, at some point, the shepherd will pack the sheep off to market, or worse. We face death one day, but we're assured that it's not the end. Jesus promised life forever with him to those 
who follow him. The good shepherd is with us from cradle to grave and way beyond into eternity. He offers fullness of life now. In the passage where Jesus speaks about being the good shepherd, he says, I have come that they might have life and life in all its fullness. So he offers fullness of life now and a home with him forever. A few chapters later in John chapter 14, Jesus speaks of the fact that there are many rooms in his father's house. If a sheep chooses to ignore the shepherd, they do so at their own peril. If we choose to ignore the good shepherd, the same is true. Will we allow him to be the one who provides for us, who leads us, who refreshes us, who guides us, who comforts us and sustains us? Let's just be still for a few moments and let's think about the week ahead. We may like to close our eyes, just think about the situations we're facing. Maybe there are some things that already weigh heavily upon us. Let's think about the people we'll be meeting as we go through this next week. And we have choices to make in all these situations as to whether we seek to go our own way and do our own thing just get by in our own strength. Or whether we'll cry out and trust in the Good Shepherd. In the words of that song we sung just before the reading, the chorus was about trusting in Him alone. Are we going to do that this week? Because whatever our circumstances, we can bring our hopes and concerns to God, knowing that he is with us now and into all eternity. Lord God, we've sung the song, but we pray that you will help us to take those words to our very heart and live them out in this coming week that we will indeed be able to say, I will trust in you alone. Help us, Lord, to know you as the good shepherd, the one who has our best interests at heart, the one who is even prepared to die for us as an act of love and the ultimate sacrifice. So strengthen us, Lord, lead us, guide us, comfort and sustain us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if the musicians uh, would like to join me again, we're going to stand and sing. We're going to sing a song that brings out some of the characteristics of that shepherd as we speak about the good, good father, the way in which he's looking out for us in all sorts of situations. So let's stand and sing of the good, good father. <laughs>